In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And God saw that the light was good. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was day number one. You see, if you can believe these simple words, in the beginning, God created, then miracles are a piece of cake. Because if God, in limitless time and space, before there was anything other than him, stepped out on the edge of nothing and said something, and he hurled by sheer voice of his will the planets and the cosmos, the universe, into place, then healing is easy for that kind of God. Restoration is easy for that kind of God. A supernatural movement, a calling home of prodigals, a healing of disease. Our God is limitless, supernatural, and sovereign over all, above all, and through all, and our God can. Does anybody believe that with me? Come on, give him some praise in the house. You see, this is just the case. The same God that created the Red Sea parted it. If he can create it, he can part it. If he formed you in your mother's womb, then he can heal you. Can we agree on this, that our God is able? Can we agree on that? Now, some of you aren't there yet. That's okay. We are thrilled that you're with us this weekend. We're just thrilled that you chose to be a part. But I just want to challenge you to stay with us for a while because real biblical faith, faith is infectious. It, it is, it, it's catchy. So I want to challenge you to keep sticking around that God will spill off into you from some of us. God will rub off into you around us as you watch worship and as you hear the word of God that God will begin an incredible work in your God will begin a journey in you that will take you through forever. That's the kind of God that we serve. Welcome to Faith Promise, all of our campuses, Welcome to Heart for the Harvest and welcome to our month of miracles. It's the season, if you're new, that we, that we come together for a month that we set aside every year. and We pray for miracles, not that we don't pray for them the other 11 months, but we pray in a specific way for miracles. At the end of those four weeks, we bring an offering. We bring our tithes and offering every week, but this is, we don't do building campaigns or pledges. We have one supernatural offering a year that we bring, and, and if you can pick up one of these in your chair. On the back of it, it tells you some of the things that promisers through their sacrifice and their giving and their, even as you heard Dr. Keith Gray on the video talk about selling their dream home and he didn't have time to talk about it. As he and I I talked about that, they wanted to be able to give more and do more and they were not gonna let a house limit what they wanted to do for the kingdom of God. 
And that's the heart of a Christ follower. Y'all with me? So as you look on the back, you can see all of our campuses were launched. But I mean, just incredible initiatives and ministries on the back you can see. But, but, and, and I'm just grateful for 23 years of sacrificial generosity and giving of promisers who are committed to the vision. But on the first page inside it, let me tell you, actually page one and two, you'll see our project in Nairobi, Kenya. It's 150,000. It's a place that we partner with. Uh, Josh Whitehead has been and spoken over there and Kyle Wall has been there and you'll see more about that next weekend. You'll see a video as we partner with 410 Bridge. But this, this year, these are some of the things that we're gonna do. And again, I said last weekend, so the executive team and myself set the vision and you set the speed of the vision. So here's what we're looking at through our Heart for the Harvest offering. We're gonna launch four new campuses at the tune of about a million dollars a piece. That's $4 million. We're gonna relocate and move some of our existing campuses so that we can reach more people and have more space. Anderson campus is already looking at having to add their third service because they're out of space in, in one and two. Amen, give the Lord praise. And a terrible location tucked in between Oak Ridge and Clinton in no man's land, but when Jesus is in the house, they're tell the roof off Anderson and get in, man. Way to go, Robbie. Come on. We're gonna relocate some campuses, $6 million. We're gonna create an operations center here to warehouse all the stuff for all nine campuses. Our global staff will meet there. We'll have a new editing suite for videos and stuff that we're gonna do. That'll be at the Pellissippi property, 3.5 million, and then debt reduction, which would pay our debt completely off at 13.8 million. We have only ever borrowed for part of the stuff we've done at Pellissippi, everything else we've done by cash. So I just wanna challenge you. Man, is, is 13.8 too big a deal for God? Is God up there rubbing his hands and said, oh, my holy name, what will I do? <laughs> no, no. Take the giving envelope, put it in the refrigerator, put it on your table, pray about that, pray over it, pray with your kids, use it to teach your kids about generosity, tell them what you're doing. We started telling our kids early, hey, we're gonna give this car, we're gonna give this boat, we don't have any cash, this is what we have, so we're gonna give this. And I said, but dad, why would you give that away? Because we love Jesus and we love the kingdom and we sacrifice so that more people can go to heaven with us. We began to imprint that on our kids when they were very young. And so use it. Number three, if you just want other to pray with you for your miracle, write it down, put it in the seeds card, and then put them at the offering bushels at all of our campuses where the offering will be taken in two more weeks. And so put those in there and we are going to pray. Two more weeks of fasting. Just, I'm not, I'm not saying you gotta fast for 14 days, but just set a meal aside, pray with us. We need God to move. Are y'all with me? Man, church as usual, it's just not gonna cut it. We need a supernatural invasion of the glory of God that brings about miracles and healings that God moves and does what he did in the New Testament. Do we still believe this Bible? So man, just pray with me. Hebrews chapter 13, verse eight, for Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, here's the deal. My burden, my great burden, is not in God's ability. I have no question. But my great burden is our activities in his ability. 
My concern, my, my real, where I really, where, where I intensify the prayer is that we do our part. Are you with me? And I'm not just mean the offering. I mean your part in the specific miracle that you need. So I want to talk to you this weekend about our part of a miracle. Now, obviously, we all will play a role in the, in the, in the offering, but there are, there are thousands of other miracles that we are looking for God for. Is that right? Is that right? So I want to take and look at one of the most noteworthy miracles. As a matter of fact, if you go to people that have never even held a Bible and you said, give me a miracle, most people would give you this miracle, and that is the parting of the Red Sea. Most people, would, I mean, they've seen the movie, they've heard the story, and, and you know it. The, uh, Joseph goes to Egypt, sold into slavery. All his family comes. They begin to be blessed. Another Pharaoh comes, makes them slaves, moves them to Goshen. That's the hood of Egypt because that's where the slaves lived. So when they went there, it was the best part. It becomes the hood, and Egypt is built all around them, and they are slaves, and they, they flourish up to two and a half million most commentators tell us, and they were begging God to rescue them from their slavery. They were pounding on heaven, asking God to move. You gotta remember that part of the story. Did they ask God to move? So they're asking God to move. God calls Moses out of the burning bush. Hey, I need you to go to Egypt, get my people, bring them back here, worship me on this mountain. But Moses said, time out, wrong dude, I'm out of here. And God smacks him around a little bit. I love that part. They have, an old, they have a little debate and argument. By the way, listen, when you argue with God, please understand, just stop because you're going to lose. Have you ever argued with God? Come on, we all have. God said, do this. And we said, no, certainly that wasn't God. No, God couldn't want me to give or do or serve or be. And yet in your heart of hearts, you know that it's God. And so you begin, to, you begin to make excuses what Moses said. Listen, I stutter, I, 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 I can't go, I, I can't talk, I can't, I can't, I can't, again. God finally says, not another word from you. Get over there to Egypt, get my people, bring them back. Moses goes, takes the, you know, takes the staff of God, he goes over there, all the miracles, and really one of the greatest miracles because he does 10 plagues to Egypt. Remember the flies, the locusts, the hail, the frogs, you know, I, I, I preached a sermon here probably 22 years ago. I want one more night with the frogs. Because Pharaoh said, okay, you can go. And Moses said, well, I'll get rid of these frogs whenever you say so. And, Mo, and Pharaoh said, get rid of them tomorrow. Some of us still want one more night with the frogs, don't we? Come on. Give me one more night with the frogs and then I'll be delivered. So the whole thing, now while all these miracles are happening, none of them happen in the hood. While the lightning is, while the hail and all that, there's no frogs in the hood, no frogs in Goshen, no flies in Goshen, no locusts in Goshen, no 100-pound hail balls falling in Goshen because God was protecting his people. So finally, the death angel come and Moses says, all right, he goes, Pharaoh says, get out of here, take your people, and they go. They, take, they just take every, everything from, they get all this gold, silver, all the stuff. They've been poor slaves and now they're wealthy and they're on the way out. They're on the way out and God heartens Pharaoh's heart. Because only an idiot would do what Pharaoh was about to do. So Pharaoh says, we let our slaves go. Let's go get them back. So he gets all his chariots in his army, and he goes to get the, the Israelites back. And the Israelites find themselves in a terrible quandary. The Red Sea's in front of them, mountains on side of them, back comes an army. They're in a horrible place. Ever felt like you were there? 
Some of you are there right now and you need God to move. I sort of feel that way right now, literally in my life about some things and, 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 and just feel like I'm, you know, only God can move. So God, you know the story, God parts the Red Sea, but Mo, what I wanna talk about is not, not the God parting the Red Sea, but Moses doing his part. Does this make sense? Because what did Moses had to do? Moses had to raise the rod. Now, we can't do supernatural, but God can, but we can sure do the natural, can't we? And so God says, raise the rod. Come on, put the stick up, hold it out there. Moses had to obey what God told him to do. Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, to a place where I will show you, Mount Moriah, the place where God has been seen, Moriah, and offer your son, and then God provides a ram. Mary at the wedding feast of Canaan and Galilee. Do whatever Jesus says. Go get me some water pots. Heart for the harvest. It'll be a miracle if we all do what God tells us to do. Is that right? See, we all have a part. Ezekiel, God said, speak it, I'll do it. Mary and Martha, roll away the stone, I'll raise your brother. Touch the hem of his robe and God will heal you of your, of your bleed. The willow, go get big containers and take your little bitty vial and you'll fill every single one of them. And the oil won't stop until all the containers you got are done. Isaac plants seed and he gets a hundredfold harvest while nobody else gets anything. God always has a part for us to play. Last weekend, we talked about that. What did Jesus tell the, the guy at Solomon's porch? Get up. We always have a part to play. Peter, get that boy's lunch. Get those sardines and biscuits. See, Moses obeyed God because Moses believed God. The leader had to believe God because the people did not. Now, let me tell you what Moses had that the people did not. Moses had a rhema word from God. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This word is not logos. This is the logos. The rhema is a direct revelation of God to his people. So God gives Moses a rhema, I'm going to rescue you. And Moses believed God just like Abraham believed God when he said, I'm gonna give you a son, and he was, it, was, it was credited to him as righteousness. And so let's go back and just look at the story in Exodus chapter 14. Then they said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? They had been begging God for 400 years, get us out of here. And now what do they say? Take us back, take us back, take us back. Why'd you come get us? Does that sound like somebody that doesn't know what they want? We're going somewhere, don't forget that. We spoke to you in Egypt saying, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. Get out of here. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, do not, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the son of Israel to go forward. For as you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. God, Moses knew what God was gonna do. Hey, quit, don't even quit praying. 
Quit praying and do what I said. Moses, quit calling out to me. Get over on the beach and raise the stick. Raise the rod. I'm gonna do something. See, Moses stood up for God because the people would not stand up for God. And so I wanna show you what, is, what, what can be an extraordinarily incredible commentary from the New Testament on these folks in the Old Testament on, the, on the, this Exodus experience, James chapter one, verse six through eight. But he must ask in what? In what? Without what? Doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to what? Expect that he will receive anything from the Lord being a what? Double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, tossed to and fro, stuck in the surf. You ever see anybody like that? That's what through his lights. Oh God, come get us, come get us, come get us. Take us back, take us back, take us back. Oh God, oh God, deliver us. Oh God, oh God, take us back, take us back. Have you, see, they were double-minded. You go, if you go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, which was our theme verse a couple of years ago, without faith it is what? Impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, folks, here's the deal. You know, this doubt is, it's not a new believer. It's not wondering, you know, could I ask God for this? See, double, being double-minded is, is, is you have more than one loyalty. See, faith is single-minded, and doubt is, is double is divided. It is double minded. It's again. It's it's not saying God could I have this? God would you do this? It's not saying I'm brand new and I haven't grown in my faith yet. That's not what. That's not what it is. It is it is it is having a divided loyalty. James describes it as double minded. Now this weekend, next steps at the second service on Saturday night and the third service of Pellissippi on Sunday. And at every campus, at the 1130 campus, we have next steps. This weekend, I'm gonna, we're going to take a trip together to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary where we're going to learn to walk out of the cell of selfishness and walk into, out, into freedom. We're going to let the voices of the past talk to us about a walk into freedom. If you've not been in next steps, this is an incredible weekend to dive in there and go. See, but if, if we're like that person stuck in the surf doubting God is there, Doubting God cares, doubting God will, doubting God if he hears, doubting if he's powerful. See, Moses had faith because the people were double-minded. They were serving Ra, the sun god. Oh, we want to serve Jehovah God. They were bowing down and worshiping the calf. Oh, we want to serve God. They were double-minded. They were not loyal. See, faith is formed in, the, in God's character and doubt is formed in our circumstances. If your focus is on the character, the attributes, the power of the limitless God that we serve, then you will walk without doubt, you'll walk with faith. But doubt is formed when we focus solely on our circumstances and we begin to believe that God can't do this. See, Moses had to believe that God could rescue and redeem the people because the people didn't think he could do it. So who makes the decision in your life? Christ are the circumstances in which you find yourself in. Now, let me tell you again about our part. Our part is, is to is obey. Our part is to have faith. 
Our part is to be very specific about the miracle that we want. See, Moses was very specific. He needed God to move and rescue the children of Israel. He needed God to part the Red Sea. See, Moses did his part. He believed God and he raised up the rod and God did his part, which was part the waters. And you say, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold up, Pastor. Moses had a word from God. I don't know that I've had a word from God about this miracle that I'm asking. Well, ask God for one. Ask God. Or go to the scripture where we get most of our ramas. Man, I've, I've, I've been bombarded with emails, and I welcome them. I don't mean that negatively, of people saying, Pastor, this is what I'm asking for God to restore my marriage. I'm asking for God to heal my child. I'm asking God for, to heal this. I'm asking, this is what I'm believing God for in heart for the harvest, man. I'm just been, it's just been a, a steady flow. And so we know there are a lot of needs, but a lot of the needs God's already addressed. Are you with me? And so if you're saying, I'm struggling, I don't know what to, my marriage is messed up, what is God's, God already said to Malachi, I hate divorce. Are y'all out there? So you, you, don't, you don't have to have a word from God. All you do is pray the scripture. God, you hate divorce. You said, don't lead the wife of your youth. You said, you said, you said, I remind God of his word all the time. Don't you? Man, I go to Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, and I pray those prayers that Paul prayed for the people. They're scripture, they're inspired. I said, God, you want to do this? God, you told me in Ephesians 5 that you'd fill me with the Spirit. God, you said in Ephesians 3.20 that you'd do more than I could think or ask or imagine. God, you said in Galatians 2.20 you wanted to crucify my flesh. You said in Acts 3.19 you wanted to revive me. You said in Acts 1.8 you wanted to bombard me with a biblical burden. God, you said you wanted to build your church. You said you wanted to move. Come on, church. Let's, God has given Giving us some words. You need healing? Get some healing verses. Say, God, I'm gonna rest on this promise right here. Does this make sense? Come on. I was blown away last weekend. I'm gonna tell I was blown away at how many people just stayed in their seat. I, either that or, I mean, the economy's working so well that we don't have any jobless people. And that's not what the email said, but that's what people said by not standing. So listen, when I say you gotta gotta believe God, you gotta act. When somebody says you need something, stand. Listen, I'm the first one to stand. Are y'all with me? I don't care if nobody else stands. Because see, I'm gonna obey by faith. Does this make sense? Come on, does this make sense? Listen, I just didn't thought, holy moly, wow, our offering's gonna pay the whole church off? We're good. Listen, 20 minutes, nothing, man. Our church is flush with cash. Nobody stood that they had a need financially. See, part of the reason we don't get a miracle is we won't do our part. We're afraid to stand and say, would somebody pray for me? Some of y'all, your life is wrecked and you didn't stand this weekend when it was time to stand and ask for a relationship. You just sit there in your seat. And God says, oh, I don't guess they, I don't guess they want it. Does this make sense? Now listen, I'm not mad. I want so much more for you than many of you want for yourself. I'm just telling you. So we gotta be specific. Cause see, if you're not specific in your miracle, how will you know that you received one? People say to me all the time, Pastor, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble, I need more money. Well, I give you a dollar, is that answer to your prayer? It wouldn't be, would it? But you wouldn't know. Cause how much money do you need? Well, to pay the church office $13.8 million. I know that number. I always know that number. 
I know what it is to pay my house off when God sells it. I know what it's going to take. I, I know what it takes for Michelle and I to be debt-free today. I know that because I pray that. Are you with me? Be specific so when God asks, you can give God all the glory because God answered your prayer. So you got to be specific. Specific. Let me give you one other, one other, one other part of, of our part of God's prayer, and that is this. See, if you want a miracle, it needs to be for God's glory and not yours. Let's finish Exodus 14. As for him, be behold, God speaking, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after them. Can you imagine? You've just watched the Red Sea part and the Israelites walk across on dry land and you say, let's get them, boys. Let's get them, boys. You know God was jacking up Moses' brain because that's dumb as a stick. What's going after him? And God says, I'll be honored through Pharaoh and all of his army through his chariots and his horsemen, then the Egyptians will know that I'm the Lord when I'm honored through Pharaoh. God's about to part the Red Sea and do a miracle, and God says, when I do this, I'll get all the glory. I'll be honored through his chariots and through his horsemen. The angel of God, watch this, who had been going before the camp of Israel now moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood between them, the Egyptians and Israelites. So it came between the camp of the Egypt and the camp of Israel. There was a cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Thus the one did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord swept the sea back with a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land. And so the waters were divided. The sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on dry land, and the waters were like a wall to them and on their right hand and on their left. Then the Egyptians took pursuit. All of Pharaoh's horsemen, his chariot and his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. And then the Lord, the Lord, thus Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and, they ser- and his servant Moses. Who got the glory right here? Did Moses get the glory? No, God did. Will, you be, will God be honored by what you're asking? See, we look at miracles from this side of heaven, and God looks at miracles from this side of heaven. And God's going to bring about a supernatural work. It's going to be to bring him glory. Does this make sense? So as you ask, man, you got you to you be obedient. you got to ask by faith. you got to be specific. you got to obey what God says to do. You gotta, and let me give you one, just one other thought. Why some people don't get a miracle, James chapter 4, you ask and you do not receive. Why? Because you asked the wrong motives. That you may spend it on your pleasures, you adulterers. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity or hostility toward God? Therefore, who wishes to be a friend of the world makes itself an enemy of God. So as you're asking God, is it going to bring God glory and honor? Does this make sense? See, faith is complete commitment to Christ. It doesn't mean that you won't struggle every now and with a doubt. But when, when he says double-minded again, he's, not, he's saying He's saying that you're, that you're just teetering between two worlds. You can't make a choice. So in Mark chapter 9, let me sort of wrap this up. Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. Pete, Jimmy, and Johnny are up there, and they've had this extraordinary experience. So they come down off the Mount of Transfiguration, and there's a crowd. It's not going well. Jesus walks up. What's the deal? A man comes forward and said, I brought my son to you, Master, because my son is mute and he has a demon, and it throws him into the water, throws him into the fire. And your disciples couldn't cast him out. And Jesus said, you, you unfaithful or faithless generation, how long will you go un, 
be leaving. Bring the boy to me. And he comes, and, Jesus, and, and the man looks at Jesus and says this, if you can. If you can. And Jesus said, oh, no, time out. Come here, sport. If I what? And the guy says, forgive me. I believe, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. God, I know I need this miracle, this miracle to bring you glory, but God, I'm struggling because the longer the distance is between the request and the answer, the more unbelief can creep up, can it? Come on, let's be real. The more the circumstances get difficult, the more we want to cast the chips in and say, okay, well, this wasn't God's will. I don't, I don't guess God's going to do anything. No, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe. Help my unbelief. I know you can heal me, God. I believe, but help my unbelief. I know you can save my marriage. I know that you can provide. I know that you can move. I know you can be the prodigal home. God, I believe, but help my unbelief, Lord. Bring down the fire on me. Help me believe and walk by faith. Do not let me be stuck in the surf, tossed to and fro. Anybody getting some of this? Come on, somebody give God some praise. Wow. And then the greatest miracle of all was the resurrection of Jesus. God did his part. He brought him back to life from the dead. And Jesus did his part. He died. Now, when you talk about obedience, specificity, a rhema, and doing what God said, stepping out by faith, let them torture you. Let them hang you on a cross and tell your friends, don't bring anointing oil, bring breakfast. Because on the third morning, I'm coming out. Matter of fact, his appointment book was full after he died. I'll meet you here, we'll do this. His, listen, he knew God was gonna raise him from the dead. But can you imagine the faith to surrender your will to allow yourself to be tortured and crucified? That's why he can look at the crowd and say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to the Father but through me. There's no other door. There are thieves and liars and other false shepherds who try to save their other doors, but no one's getting to God but through me. And he proved it on the third morning. We were at that empty tomb having the Lord's Supper just a couple weeks ago. It was incredible. It was incredible. Maybe some of you are ready now to take that next step of faith. I want to be saved. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm struggling. I believe, but God, help my unbelief. Does this make sense? So if you're ready to take a step, Jesus is ready to meet you. So at all of our campuses, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're gonna pray this simple confessional prayer together. I'm gonna to pray it out loud with you. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've blown it. I know that we're separated. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. You died for me. I will live for you. Help me obey. Grow my faith. Help my unbelief in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Amen. Come on, somebody, all God's people said. Wow, come on, is our God good? Come on, give God some praise in this house. Woo, what a mighty God we serve. My mercy.
All right, if you just pray that prayer with me, take your communication card out of the pocket, seat back pocket in front of you. Online, you can click right here. You can go to the chat room. Somebody's waiting for you right now. Take the communication card. Just put your name, your e-phone, your, your cell phone number, and just check that circle. I made a first time commitment to follow Jesus. I'd go ahead and check the second one, which is I need to be baptized. And the third one, I'm going to attend next steps. This week is incredible, Next Steps. Again, we're going to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary together. We're going to take a little video journey, and we're going to talk about how to walk out of the prison of selfishness, live large and in charge. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be off the chain. Or whatever you need, just put that down in the communication card and just submit it. When we, when we receive the offering, you just put that in the offering back in your communication card. If you're a guest, that's all we ask. Just put the card in there, and then when this service is over, go through the center doors, and you can... Uh, you can, uh, we have a gift for you out there, the round tables through the center doors. Next weekend, the message is, how long do we wait for a miracle? How long do we wait for a miracle? And so, though you don't want to miss next weekend, then the following weekend, we, we have another message about miracles, and then we'll take the offering together. And so, guests, if you just drop the guest card, all the other communication and commitments, just drop in the, and we'll be in touch with you. We get to do what we do because of generosity of promisers who obey God, brings their tithes and offerings into the house every weekend. About 75% of you are given online this week. That's what Michelle and I do. We always do that, which is easier for us. It's easier for Aaron, our CFO, and our financial department. So that's what we do. But as, as our, our mission is helping real people with real problems find real love, we've got a young couple named the Comers. They're an incredible couple. They came here. She grew up here, and they came, and they were delivered, and God led them to the mission field down at St. Kitts, and they started Celebrate Recovery down there. Well, they'd just been invited into the prisons, and their Celebrate Recovery is doubling. People are being saved. Lives are being changed. They're going to the juvenile court system, and God is opening up doors, and they're getting to see people set free. Why? Because of people like you who give every week. And their ministry is making real people with real problems find the real love of God. And they're winning people to Jesus because one of our values is we tell them of him, don't we? So as we get ready to give, this could be your first time that you're going to join the generosity journey. Thank God for you again. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief as I begin to obey God in the area of finances. And listen, again, and pray with me this week. Are you with me? that God will move through this series. Father, thank you, God, for people that have given and people that will begin. And Lord God, we ask you to move in a powerful way. We ask you to touch. We ask you, God, to bless the gift. We ask you to bless the giver. We ask you to move powerfully. We believe, God, that you're supernatural and that you're able. So God, move and bless is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. come on, give him a shout as we get to give.